I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio, and today we're calling for help from above. Hi, I'm Sam Manicum. Nick Sanders. Terry Borden. Sandy Borden. Jack Borden. Graham Field. Austin Vince. Jason Spafford. Lisa Morris. Simon Pavey. Grant Johnson. Robert Wick. Seth Simon. Elizabeth Martin. You're looking at Adventure Radio. This episode is brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles, outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. Sign up for their e-rider newsletter too at maxbmw.com. That's M-A-X-B-M-W.com. And Best Rest Products, home of Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. You know, whether you're on the road or off the road, for that matter, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system, and it can inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, and get this, it has a lifetime warranty, which is brand new. Best Rest also makes tire changing and tire repair kits that are small enough to fit in your saddlebag, and the crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves. They know what you need when you're exploring the world visit them at cyclepump.com that's cyclepump.com My first cell phone was permanently installed in my vehicle, hardwired into the electrical system and irremovable. But at that time, very few people had a cell phone unless it was for business because they were just too expensive and the coverage was very limited. Now today, almost everyone carries a cell phone in their pocket and the coverage is excellent. But still, when you're heading into lesser populated areas, remote or mountainous, cell phone coverage is sporadic at best and mostly it's non-existent. And you can't blame the cell companies for it because it comes down to dollars. Cell phones operate off of towers that have to be erected. They have to be coupled with other towers and phone lines and they need power to operate. So the expense of putting them in is considerable. And the distance that one tower covers may not be that much when you get into hilly or forested areas. So if the population doesn't exist in the boonies, which that's why you call it the boonies, that will pay for that infrastructure, obviously they're not going to spend the money to erect these towers and maintain them over time. So what do we do for communications in areas like this? Well, in the past, you would have had to become a ham radio operator and carry a, an expensive and large, powerful ham radio with you with a, a large antenna, which isn't very sensible for a motorcycle ride. But nowadays, we can call for help from above. Satellites. The satellites that surround the Earth. In fact, the Earth is surrounded by a whole bunch of satellites. Most of it is space junk from previous exploration and different things we've done in space. But we're just concerned about the satellites that are operating right now, and we'll refer to those as satellites. So I I think there's over a couple of thousand satellites out there circulating around the Earth uh, that we use for communications and other things. And some of them stay in one spot and some of them circulate around the Earth. That's why sometimes when you look up into the sky, people will point out and say, look, there's a satellite. You can see that. It almost looks like a moving star going across the sky. That's one of the moving ones. But in any case... The satellites are used for communications, they're used for GPS, there's a whole bunch of them up there that are just set up for GPS. So that means when you're, you hold your GPS unit, it's receiving signals from these satellites and calculating where you are. There's other ones that are set up for communication, and it's a combination of these that are used in the devices that we're going to talk about today. So imagine, if you will, a satellite way up above the ground, beyond the sky, looking straight down. 
Now, from that distance, when you look straight down on the Earth, you can see a lot. This is the advantage of a satellite. The satellite looks straight down on Earth. So, in other words, you don't get the shadows that you would get from a cell tower that might be looking across. So, you would hit one side of a hill, but the other side of the hill it couldn't see. From the satellite, from above the Earth, you're looking straight down. This is incredible for communications and very important for what we're talking about today. For another visual representation for a cell tower, you can picture a cell tower basically works off of line of sight. So imagine holding a flashlight down close to the ground and shine it across a bumpy surface. You'll see that on the flashlight side, the surface is bright, but then it creates a shadow on the opposite side. Well, that's the same thing that radio waves do when they travel through the air. They'll hit the side of a, a mountain or a hill or, or a forest, and they won't penetrate through, and they'll create a shadow behind it. And therefore, you have an area in behind that receives no signal. Now, another advantage to the satellite is that because it's looking straight down at Earth, you can use a relatively low-powered radio to transmit a signal up to the satellite. That means that you don't need a big power supply. You can run off small batteries, and you don't need a high-powered transmitter. That's what these devices are that we carry around with us that communicate with satellites as they are low-powered transmitters. So what this really means for us is we can carry pocket-sized devices around with us that are powered by batteries. The batteries will last a long time. We can transmit a signal up to the satellite. The satellite can transmit it to a different spot on Earth and therefore set up a communication for us between us and someone else on Earth. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at those handheld devices that we can take with us into the wilderness that are relatively inexpensive to operate and yet increase our safety and communication exponentially. The devices that we're going to look at today are basically from two companies. One's called Spot and one's called InReach. Both of them offer slightly different products. So what we're looking at here is we're looking at a device that you would carry with you that's battery operated that you can press a button on to check in. Now with the Spot, you can just check in, but with the InReach, you can send and receive text messages right to the device or pairing your smartphone with it. Now, what's really important with both of these devices is that they have an SOS or 911 button, each one using a different term, but it means the same thing. When you press that button, that means that search and rescue will be dispatched to your location. That's really important for us as riders, riding in remote areas or even hiking or walking, doing anything at all. Now, the other option is a satellite phone, and that's a, a phone just like your cell phone, where you, uh, except you have an antenna on it that you flip up, I think, usually, and you dial the number and you call out. The only thing with this, that phone, the, the satellite phone is it tends to be quite a bit more expensive than the check-in method or the or the text method. But let's look at all those today. So we're going to start off, we're going to talk with a retailer, the largest retailer of these check-in devices, these GPS monitoring devices in Canada. And then we're going to move on to the manufacturers themselves and talk to them about their products. This should give you a good overview of what is available. Now, one thing you want to keep in mind is basically what these are set up for is to elicit help. So you're going to press a, a help button or maybe an SOS or a 911 button. What you want to keep in mind with this is you're not covered everywhere in the world. We're lucky in North America, when you press a, an SOS on one of these devices, you'll get search and rescue will rush out to rescue you. And generally, there's never a cost with that. So they'll fly helicopters out, send ships out for you, send people out for you, spend millions of dollars rescuing you without any charge to you whatsoever. Well, that may not be the case all around the world. So we're going to start off with Daryl Dickinson from GPS Central in Canada. Hi, my name is Daryl Dickinson. I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I'm the sales rep at uh, GPS Central, Radio World Central in Calgary, Alberta. 
So, and you guys are, are well, I guess the biggest GPS retailer in Canada. Uh, yes, that's correct. And you're also a rider. Yes, I am. What do you ride? Well, I ride a 2015 uh, Road Glide, and I also have a second bike. It's a 2006 Ultra Classic. Well, we're talking about communications, and so I may as well start off right away by asking you, what are you using on your bike for communications? Well, on my bike for communications, I um, actually am a ham operator, an amateur radio operator. Um, what if I don't use the cell phone um, Bluetooth into my bike, uh, then I'll be using my handheld. Um, there's always quite a few options uh, as far as Bluetooth in your your handset to uh, Bluetooth to a headset in the helmets. And I kind of use them back and forth depending on the coverage of the cell phones. Right. And what we're looking at here is those areas where you get away from the cell phone. And, and a lot of people get confused, I think, about the technology. I mean, cell phones are the terrestrial towers that you can only get when you're within a certain range of that. Whereas what we're looking at talking about today is um, satellite communication. So dealing with the, the satellites uh, that are above us. And as far as a, a retailer, which is the reason I'm interested in, in talking to you guys about this, tell me what you guys sell for people looking for remote communications, whether it be for a motorcycle or anything. Uh, remote communications, we sell uh, a lot of the Iridium inreaches, um, either the Explorer or the SE. Um, we do have the spot system that's in there for uh, just pre-recorded uh, text messaging or emails. Basically, if you're away from any of the cell towers, uh, we're dealing with uh, the Iridium phones, sat phones, the Global Stars, the Spots phones, and the uh, inReach products. So I guess these would fall into two categories. One would be the, the text communications, like the inReach and the Spot, and then the other one's going to be sat phones, where you're getting voice and data. That's correct, yes. So let's look at the, the text options first. Really, we've got two companies. Is that our full options? Yeah, as, uh, as it stands, uh, unless you're going into areas of distress, uh, we're basically for communications or just basic communications. We're looking at only the two companies that we handle in the store, which is the spot system and the uh, in, in Iridium, the inReach products. And what's the big difference between the two, or is there any? There are several differences in the, the two products. Um, cost, for one, is uh, a general factor for a lot of people. Uh, Spot has a yearly contract where on the inReach products, it's a month-to-month contract you are dealing with. And what about the way they work? They're different slightly in the way they work, Spot being the one-way and um, the inReach being the, the two-way communication. Yeah, that's correct. Um, on the inReach products, uh, you can text right off the unit itself. It's a little tedious, but it can be done. Or you can Bluetooth it to your phone. Uh, when you use the product with your phone, you have to initiate the text. So, for example, if you were out and you were sending a text to your, your wife, for example, in the morning, uh, she would have to keep that text to refer back to where to contact you at or retext back to you. So if she loses that um, first text message, she's going to wait for you to initiate another contact. Oh, I see. So it's not like a satellite phone where you can, you know, they're going to call you up and leave you a message or send you a message. They need that that original text message to operate from. So it's not like you get an email address with it. 
That's right. Yes. And, and these do, both systems do track um, on a map. It sends coordinates uh, to the GPS and it uh, plots you on, a, say, Google Maps, for example. Um, your loved ones can be tracking or following you along uh, on your trip. Um, the option on the spot side is that uh, you're able to push an OK button to set off a ping that locates you as many times as you want. So in a sense, if you're on a canoe trip, for example, and you're pulling in for the night to camp, you can hit the OK button and the loved one can know that you're stopping there for the night. It's uh, and then it kind of puts more plots on the map to locate you. Where is the in reach one you're paying for each one of those? Yeah, in, in, in a sense, you, you you can send a text, but they can see the, how many times it beacons. Um, and these are optional uh, time frames too. Uh, you can actually uh, go onto the system itself or on the, the websites and set them up for a two-minute, a five-minute, a three-minute. Depends on how many times you want to have it pl- plot you on the map. Which do you find you sell more of? Um, as it is now, I think we sell more, a lot more spots. Um, we do. Uh, we just came through a couple of shows here, one in Calgary and Edmonton, and um, and the boat shows, and we seem to have uh, sold a lot more spots. And, and the reason for that is, they do run initially. The cost of the unit is a lot cheaper, where it's about three times the price for the inreach system. And they're pretty reliable, right? They're pretty comparable between the systems. Yeah, it's well, it's it's I guess who who you talk to too. I mean, because we sell the units, we get a lot of feedback into the store here, and we find that a lot of people come in say, well, we had a rollover for with our quad, and we we pushed the button, and we had no response. Nobody showed, nobody nobody showed up to help us, and you know we ended up uh, getting out of our trouble situation. And there's lots of factors that are behind that because. It all depends on where your location is. Uh, is your unit being blocked? For, uh, for example, maybe you, it got, uh, you got thrown, you're underneath the quad, or you got it too close to some metal products. That, that has all bearings on it. Um, Iridium uh, Network does have more satellites up in the air as per spot. Uh, a few years ago, they did lose a few satellites, and they're building back, and they're becoming more reliable each day. But there are still tendencies to have them delay points in in when it uh, sends out an actual help signal. I mean, we do have a third product that we use, but it has no two-way communications. It's just generally a help signal that goes out. Um, you know. Th- uh, in, in in all, that most of them are pretty reliable, and in the last little while, we've seen several rescues on both sides of the coin, basically. What's the other system you have that you just mentioned there? We have the personal locating by ACR. Um, it's uh, based through CFB Trenton. Uh, it's on an RF frequency of 406 megahertz. It uses a satellite uh, locating to locate the person and the signal goes out on an RF system and it directly connects to Search and Rescue Canada and the CFB. Is that the system that they used to use for boats? Like it was used to be exclusively boats and aircraft? That's correct. And they've moved it into like personal locators for in backpacking or backcountry hiking or even uh, riding into the like the wilderness of Antarctic, or for example, they it's got a, a good following for that and it's pretty reliable. And that's a little bit different the way you set it up, though. You're setting that up. You have to register with the government for that. Yes, that's correct. OK. And that is Canada only for that one or is that worldwide? 
No, that is just Canada only. I see. Yeah. So for worldwide stuff, we, we're really back to those two options. So how about sat phone options now? What are our options out there for satellite phones? Well, it's almost very similar to what we got for like the, the inReach in the in the spot. Uh, we do have the spot phone. Uh, the spot phone's based on the same network and uses the same satellites. Um, the spot phone is a very affordable phone. It comes in under five hundred dollars. Um, and with a plan, if you get a certain plans, you can actually get the phone for free. Um, then you know, we have the Iridium. We have the two styles of Iridium. We have an Extreme and the 9555, which the Extreme is meant for very rugged use. Uh, if they're in a backcountry and it gets uh, slammed around or you're riding on a, a touring bike and you're getting into a lot of mud and, and you're getting a lot of rain and stuff, you it has the ability to withstand that. It's very versatile that way. And we actually got the Global Star, which is a sat phone also, the 1700, and it runs on the, on the same satellites as the Spot. So those together uh, are the three phones we handle in a store. Daryl, what about cost for the sat phones? Is there any sort of reasonable thing you, you can get for it, like maybe a paper use or something, or is it all on contract? Um, you can do a contract on them, but they, uh, all those phones do have prepaid minutes. Uh, you can set it up to buy the phone and uh, buy prepaid minutes. Um, Iridium has uh, a 300-minute package, um, and Spot and Global Star have somewhere in a, generally the same. Uh, there's two uh, areas of prepaid. Uh, there's worldwide and there's Alaska and Canada. Um, so they do have coverage worldwide. Um, but it just depends on how you set the plan up. You know, every time that you think of the systems, there's always a little bit different things that happen. We we have customers in that say that certain things happen with them that they don't get through in context. And we find out that, as in all satellite equipment, you have to acquire the satellites and if you don't acquire the satellites before trying to send an emergency, it doesn't matter how much you push the SOS button, it won't won't help you. Um, I just try to tell our customers that if they are out in an area that's pretty remote and there's chances of getting hurt or a rollover or possibly getting thrown from their bike or what have you, always have your spot on you and always have it powered up. And that's the same thing for the inReach. So that you, at a minute's notice, you can you can send that SOS. Now that's a very good tip. Now you're saying powered up because when it's powered up, it's actually acquiring satellites the entire time. That is correct. We have several customers that think that they don't. The battery life is not going to be long enough. A lot of these systems, like the Spot, will go three to six months on a set of AAA batteries, and there's no need to have it turned off. You can have it on. Uh, every time you stop, it goes to sleep, so your battery is conserved. But it, they always think that they're going to run the batteries down, so they leave it off to the point of when they get hurt. And they're trying to acquire satellites in precious time that could be needed for emergency people to, to go and you know help them. Right. So anybody who has a GPS knows that because if you leave the GPS on, or even the longer that you turn it off, the longer period of time that the unit is off, the longer it takes to acquire satellites and get a fix. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, Daryl, thank you very much. I appreciate your input. Okay. Anytime. Thank you. Have a great day. And that was Daryl Dickinson from gpscentral.ca.
Now, we're going to be right back with a lot more of our coverage on remote communications. But first, I want to talk to you about Giant Loop. One of our sponsors, Giant Loop, manufactures amazing bags for dual sport riders or adventure riders like yourselves. Now, look, at you don't have to take it from me. There's all kinds of people that have ridden them all around the globe. They've tested them thoroughly. These things have a reputation for being top quality products. The thing with Giant Loop that always impresses me is how the company got started. They started out through looking for bags that they couldn't find. They wanted bags that were extremely durable, that held to the bike incredibly well, and they were fairly small. That's how they started out. And they developed a bag eventually just out of need, and then they would go out and they would thrash it and beat it. And now they still do that. They develop a bag, they load it up with weight, and then they go thrash the thing to see where it fails. If you're doing that sort of stuff with your products, you know you're going to have an amazing product at the end. They're made in the USA, excellent company to deal with. Drop by giantloopmoto.com. And if you do and you buy something from their website, you'll get free shipping within the U.S. But please, when you're dealing with them, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Let them know that their message is getting out here. And they're a supporter of the show. They're helping it come to you. Giantloopmoto.com. So the first of the two devices that we're going to be looking at for remote communications as far as check-ins go um, is the InReach product. Now, the InReach product is a little bit different than the Spot in that you can send in, you still have the SOS capability, both of them do, like I said before, um, but with the InReach product, you can send and receive text messages. Now, it's a little bit more expensive unit to buy and operate than the Spot, but it does give you that advantage of being able to send out a message. So in other words, instead of just pressing a button saying, help, uh, and having no one really understand understand whether you're physically hurt uh, or whether there's something wrong with your bike. With this one, you could actually send out theoretically a message saying, you know, I've broken my chain and I need this repair. And, and then it would get the point across that it's rather benign rather than something serious. So you can imagine some of the advantages there. We contacted InReach and spoke with Kim Lane from InReach Canada. Uh, yeah, so I'm... Uh overseeing marketing for Roadpost and Roadpost is the master distributor for InReach um, and we basically oversee all of the marketing and distribution of that product in Canada. Kim, let's start off by talking about what satellite communications is. Um, essentially, satellite communications has um, the benefit of providing communications coverage uh, that is not dependent on sort of infrastructure on the ground. So um, if you don't have access to landline or you don't have um, reliable cellular coverage in certain regions that you may work or play, um, satellite communications is your only option. And the InReach device essentially is a two-way satellite communicator um, that is also GPS enabled. And because it operates on the world's largest satellite network, which is the Iridium satellite network, it actually has uh, coverage over every square inch of Earth. So how does a system work? Well, essentially, um, the InReach device connects with the Iridium satellites and the GPS satellites. Um, so via the GPS satellite, it's location aware and it can, um, you know, use and share it, the coordinates, your exact coordinates, um, wherever you may be traveling. And um, via the Iridium network, essentially, you have two-way text messaging, two-way SOS communications coverage. And you essentially can send and receive messages to and from any email address or SMS address. So what we're talking about here when we're talking about this style of communication is two different satellite systems we're working with, one for GPS location and another one for communications. That's right. 
and the uh, the communication system that's the one that's this uh, specific to iridium because the other one is uh, is put up i understand by the u.s military Yes, that's right. Um, a lot of a lot of people will use the GPS satellite for location services. The Iridium satellite network is um, a very unique satellite network in that it's the only one in the world that has 100% global coverage. Right. So that's pole to pole. That's the, the entire world. Um, because I have heard before where people are saying satellite communications as they get to the poles aren't working. Clearly, Iridium has that covered. Yes. The reason that um, they have that covered versus others is that their satellites are not um, located around the equator, which many uh, satellite uh, networks do locate their satellites close to the the equator, which means as you go further north, you start to have a look angle issue. Um, But with the Iridium satellite network, very uniquely, they operate with 66 satellites in space in a sort of a mesh network, all interconnected in space. So through that network of 66 satellites, they literally have coverage over every inch of the planet from the North Pole to the South Pole. Now, these satellites aren't just put up for this particular use. These are satellites that are used for many things. That's right. Because I think often people will wonder how you could possibly put up 66 satellites just to run a, a system of, uh, of checking in and, and doing texting from remote locations. These are communication satellites that are used for many different things. So they're an extremely reliable system and they're used on many different levels. That's right. Iridium's um, satellite network really provides voice and data services to, um, you know, remote operators in the mining industry or other sectors that rely and basically do work uh, sort of in greenfield uh, locations and um, rely on their network for communications coverage where no other um, communications coverage is available. So what are the possibilities here? You mentioned already the, the two-way texting. So are we looking at uh, checking in, two-way texting, data, internet connectability, voice? How much can we do with an in-reach product? Well, you can do a heck of a lot, I'll say. Um, really what it does is it provides you with two-way texting and um, to any email or SMS address. Um, So you have two-way texting. You also have a built-in SOS button, which is also a two-way communications. Um, If there is an emergency and you press the SOS button, your alert will go out. The emergency responders that monitor the in-reach alerts uh, essentially will confirm that they've received your alert and they will try to obtain additional information from you about the nature of the, the events that have transpired. And essentially, you can stay in touch with first responders until help arrives, but you can also provide really critical details of, uh, of the incident, which is a huge advantage, I think, over a lot of the one-way sort of emergency messaging devices, because you have the peace of mind of knowing that your alert's been heard and that somebody's on the way. You often get um, updates with respect to ETA, and you can even cancel that SOS if somebody comes along and happens to uh, be able to provide you with the assistance that you need. You can always call the SOS back. See, I think that's key, the two-way communication there, because um, I've used a system where it's just one way, where you're you're pressing a check-in, and you're sort of going on faith, because it gives you no indication that it checks in, you get no feedback from the satellite whatsoever, and I, I've never had to use it for an emergency, but that would be the same thing. I would have to press it and just sort of hope that I've reached a satellite and that somebody's coming to help. Yeah, and really communication is two-way. And I think that, um, you know, any any device uh, really should offer the two-way capability. The, the problem with the one-way devices, in addition to that, which you've just described, is that the folks at home also, it, it 
provokes uh, concern and worry. So if they were expecting to, to get a check-in from you and they don't get a check-in, you know, their mind starts racing, they start running to uh, the wrong conclusions. And sometimes they will reach out and indicate that there, there's possibly an emergency where there may be none. And so I think from that perspective, um, the beauty of a two-way device like the inReach communicators is that there's additional peace of mind for you in the backcountry, knowing that you always have access to someone should you need it. But there's also peace of mind for the folks you leave back home because they can basically reach out and ping you anytime they're concerned or if they haven't heard from you in a while or what have you. How does that work? How will you know that you've, you've got a message coming in? Um, so really, it's a lot like the interface on your cell phone. You know, you have an inbox and an outbox. You can see the exact status of all the messages in your in your inner outbox. Um, and essentially, your the difference is that unlike your phone, where you're you're maybe communicating through voice, um, inReach really is uh, is a two-way text messaging device. So you have up to 160 characters of text that's going back and forth between you and whoever you may be communicating with. Now, is this using the device itself, or is this connected through your smartphone? Now, that all, all of this uh, works off of inReach by itself. It's um, designed to be a bit more rugged than your smartphone, so it's a good backup to it. But um, you can pair inReach with your smartphone and use your smartphone's keyboard or contacts um, for just extra messaging convenience. And you also have the option to, if you're planning a trip and um, you perhaps are going into a more remote area, you have the option to download free maps that Delorme offers, um, and they can be downloaded to your smartphone phone. And then those maps will um, remain available to you when you are sort of outside of cellular coverage. So they're not going to be dependent on you having a cellular connection in order for you to be able to use them to navigate successfully. Now, we also have Jeff Pinnock from V-Ride TV. Jeff, are you there? Yes, good morning. Well, Jeff, let's talk about what you do for a second. Uh, well, I'm a, a motorcycle uh, cameraman and we video high definition uh, videos all across Canada. Um, we cover more of the traveling aspect of riding. Now, Jeff, you use the inReach unit, don't you? I do. I've had it uh, uh, for a couple of years now, and it's outstanding. So what do you use it for? A uh, number of things. Um, one of the biggest reasons I wanted an inReach Explorer was the SOS factor. Um, having being in the middle of nowhere so many times, waiting for a sunset to go down to capture our video. I'm on a cell reception 80% of the time and being able to uh, contact somebody in the event that I need help and being able to have that person contact me back and go, hey, help's on the way is huge. Have you had to use it in any sort of emergency? No, thankfully not yet. Um, but one thing, you know, the amount of riding I do, you know, our first camera bike had 152,000 kilometers on it. I ride a lot. So really it's just a matter of time before I will be the first person at the scene of an accident. And I can use that inReach Explorer to possibly get the help people need at that accident. Now, I'm glad you said that because that brings up something that I wanted to talk about. Kim, what happens when somebody presses the SOS? 
Mm -hmm. So when you press the SOS button on your inReach, um, there is a short countdown timer that gives you a second to make sure that, you know, this isn't um, an accidental kind of uh, action, that you really do have an emergency. And essentially your SOS goes out um, over the satellite network. It is monitored 365 days a year, 24-7 uh, by our emergency monitoring partner called GEOS. Um, and they provide the specialized kind of service Services that uh, allow them to essentially, you know, um, confirm the emergency, um, work with their network of partners around the world based on knowing your location um, to dispatch the correct search and rescue or other um, first responder resources that are responsible uh, for um search and rescue in the area that you may be. So you might be in a national park or you could be uh, just in a very remote region of BC riding or you could be in another part of the world um, riding in Australia or Arizona or um, Argentina. And so they essentially provide that global um, emergency monitoring coverage. As um, Jeff mentioned, you know, really there's so much peace of mind that comes from having the two-way connection during an a state of an emergency. Um, obviously, something's gone terribly wrong at those moments, and there's just a huge amount of peace of mind that comes with knowing that you, there's a voice on the other end um, that's responding to you, has confirmed that they know you're in trouble, that they're coordinating, um, you know, a, a response and um, can give you updates with respect to what's happening and how long you'll be waiting, that sort of thing. Um, and it's interesting that Jeff mentioned the the point about possibly being first on the scene at some point, um, there's a remarkable number of inReach users who really are just that, the good Samaritans who happen to have their device handy when somebody else is in trouble. Um, I know of a couple of cases where there was a female rider who fell and broke her collarbone and a, a fellow rider was able to use their device to arrange for her to be transported out. Um, and another riding on a remote highway in Alaska came upon somebody who had actually gone off the road and had a serious back injury and um, needed to have an airlift out. So, you know, there are, there are all sorts of different um, cases, but whether it's for yourself or someone else, you just never know when a small mistake can turn into a really big problem in the backcountry. And peace of mind. I mean, I think that's perfect. You know, people buy insurance for all types of things. Um, this is insurance really in a, in a way for you as you start to head off to anywhere. And you don't have to be super remote, really, do you? I mean, you could be, you know, just a, a kilometer or two into something and it could be a lifesaver. That's right. And we really are very strong advocates for safety. We really think that it's important to, to um, you know, respect and treat with care the use of Canada search and rescue resources. And a lot of that really comes down to advocating that people really prepare properly and also prepare for the unexpected because you, you just can't always anticipate what might happen. And so I think that the importance of planning and preparation really can't be overstated. If you look at search and rescue incidents, even in Canada, most of them aren't really related to people taking extreme risks. They're more often very kind of small, everyday type of mistakes that somebody makes that just spirals into a situation that, you know, is sometimes um, as much as life-threatening or may just have considerable consequences based on where it's happened. Yeah, I think it's a very good point because often people will say, well, that was a stupid mistake that somebody made, but I think we've all done them. It's one of those times where you drop the knife off the counter and you catch it and it doesn't cut you and you go, wow, that was close. Well, it's those times where, where the, uh, that little incident turns into something worse. 
let's talk about cost for this. When someone presses the button and activates an SOS, that's a, that's a lot mm-hmm. of a, equipment and manpower that people are activating. What is the cost of that to the user? So that's actually a very good question. And and you're right, there, there are considerable resources behind this. Um, but the reality is that from the time you press that SOS button to the end of that emergency, there's absolutely no cost. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And, and that's because it's search and rescue that, that does it and there is no fee for it. Uh, it, it. Do you have any problems explaining this to people? I mean, I, I guess what I want to ask, and I hate to use the, the word abuse if there's abuse of the system, but is there overuse of it or times where people are using it when they shouldn't be using an SOS? Well, I think that that does happen um, quite frequently with one-way type devices. The vast majority of those devices actually result in false alarms uh, cases for the search and rescue community. It's a very, very high percentage, like over 95%. Um, And and that's actually a pretty startling uh, figure. But the nice thing about a two-way device, as I mentioned, like InReach, is that not only do you have the ability to have someone on the other end um, monitoring your alert and confirming that this really is an emergency and um, getting a few details on what exactly happened has happened so they can ensure that the right search and rescue resources are dispatched. Um, but you also, if it, if in fact was, you know, a case where you got yourself out of trouble, somebody came along and gave you the hand that you needed, you can also let them know and update them and call back the, the search and rescue response. So again, it comes back to, I think, the, the fact that two-way has a power, two-way communication, two-way SOS has a power that simply just isn't there with a one-way type of communicator. I think it's a very good point because I think that is part of the fear of even pressing, uh, you know, the, the help or the SOS, depending on what system you have, is that you sort of have no control of it once you've once you've pressed it. And I really like the idea here that you're saying that you're in communication and you can just cancel it and say, hey, somebody came along and, and I'm going to be fine. They're taking me to the hospital or whatever the case is. Well, yeah. I mean, we had a, a rider who got, he was he was off-roading and he got stuck in really deep mud in a, in a swampy area in Ontario um, not that long ago. And uh, he really couldn't get out. Uh, so he called for help and help was, you know, dispatched and on its way. And while he was waiting for help to arrive, two guys came by on an ATV and were able to help him out. So that's a perfect case where, you know, there, there was a, a serious situation he couldn't uh, help himself out of initially. But when the events changed, he was able to update the emergency response center and they are able to update first responders who are being dispatched. So um, it's it's just, I think, uh, you know, an ideal scenario where you're not sort of pressing that, that button and praying that somebody's heard it, but then also as events change, having absolutely no way to communicate that everything's okay now um, means that we're wasting, you know, uh, the resources that, that are very precious here in Canada. Um, these guys who put themselves on the line really to come and get you and sometimes, um, you know, at a high risk to their own lives. You mentioned you have the two units. They're both very durable, more durable than a, a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Where should we be carrying these units? Should they be on the person? Should they be mounted to the bike? You know, that's an excellent question. I would always advocate for carrying them on your body, um, but most uh, riders are going to mount them to their bike. Um, they do come with, uh, you can essentially purchase a ram mount that is a motorsport mount that allow you to to secure it to the bike um, very well and also allow you to charge it if you need to but clearly if you're if you're off your bike or you're leaving your bike you should have it on body if you're a hiker we would always say wear it on your body because if the device doesn't end up where you are um, it may not be too much use to you 
there are two models of inReach, um, the inReach SE and the inReach Explorer. They, they both feature the ability to send and receive messages um, to and from email and SMS, and they both feature that two-way SOS button along with GPS so you can track your trip or share your coordinates. And they both have communications coverage over every inch of the planet. The difference is that the model that um, Jeff uses has some additional kind of features for navigation, including a built-in uh, digital compass, barometric altimeter, and accelerometer sensors. So it has a little bit more functionality that would enable you to plan routes and waypoints ahead of time for a trip um, and then navigate. Um, and also makes it easy for you if you want to share a planned route or your actual tracks or waypoints with, with other folks at home or other people you may be riding with. I've been speaking with Kim Lane from InReach Canada, and you can find out more about InReach by visiting inreachcanada.com, or if you're from the States or somewhere else, visit inreachdelorme.com. Also in there was Jeff Panock from V-Ride TV, and you can find out more about Jeff and his amazing videos that he shoots straight from his motorcycle. If you haven't seen them already, you've got to drop by and see them riding through the Rocky Mountains and, and much, much more. Visit him at vridetv.com. Have you ever heard of these pop-up events that go on, you know, where, where companies go and they set up somewhere and they pop up? I guess they, they, they put a store. I've never been to one, but um, uh, Aerostitch is going to be at uh, St. Louis on March 10th to 13th, says four days only at this pop-up event. And I've talked to them about that before. And apparently it's quite the thing because they've got a whole bunch of gear there. You can go and try it on. So if you're anywhere near, near St. Louis or St. Louis... I don't know, how do I say that? St. Louis or St. Louis? You're going to have to let me know on that one. But in any case, that's where they are for four days, March 10th to March 13th. And speaking of Aerostitch, aerostitch.com forward slash ARR. Please put the ARR in there so they understand that it's coming here from Adventure Rider Radio. But you got to go and check out their website. I've told you about the catalog before, and if you haven't heard it before, maybe this is your first time listening to the show uh, or you're new to it, you may not have heard it. They have a great catalog. It, it's like it's the rider's catalog. you got to have it. They've been around, by the way, for, I think, 33 years. Uh, the jackets and pants are phenomenal. And they've got this this Ride More guarantee that I've talked about before. They've got a, a thing on here where it says you can buy one of their, their um, Aerostitch one-piece suits and you can use it for a month. And they offer you the guarantee that go to their website to see the whole thing. But basically what they're saying is that if you're not riding more after you have the suit than before then they give your money back, no questions asked. That's a heck of a guarantee. I mean, that's that's really standing behind your product. They're saying ride more. They're not saying you're, you're going to love the feel of the soft, fuzzy pockets. They're, gonna, they're saying it's going to change your life. You know, you're going to be out there and you're going to be riding more. Drop by and check it out. They've got all kinds of things on here. Uh, I'll tell you, some of the stuff that I'm impressed with um, are, look at their Darien and their Darien Light, their AD1 pants. Um, check out their AD1 pants, for instance, that I'm sort of thinking, you know, for adventure riding and for a lot of people, riding it maybe yours but they've got a whole bunch of them there basically if you're a street rider or you're an adventure rider whatever you want to call yourself you're going to find aerostitch uh, gear that's going to fit you and that's going to suit your style of riding is really what I'm, I'm trying to say with it drop by their website aerostitch.com forward slash arr and as with all the companies anytime you're dealing with them let them know you heard them here on adventure rider radio <laughs> 
Now, coming up next, we're going to talk with someone from Spot. Spot is something that I've been using for many years now. Um, I've tried it in all different conditions. And I, I find the system really reliable. Now, what I did find out by speaking with Jim Mandela from Spot Canada here in this next interview is that my Spot is the older one that only has the outgoing check-in. So when I would press it, I would only be able to hope that a message has been received. I didn't get any feedback from it. It was was completely one way. And what I found today was that the new spot, the Gen 3, when you press the check-in button, it actually gives you feedback that tells you the satellite has received the signal. To me, that's paramount. That makes the unit really functional because I, I guess before, I, you know, you always wondered, I've never used mine in an emergency, by the way, um, but I've always wondered, was this check-in received? Now, I got to tell you, I keep track of usually what I do for check-ins and I get almost every one. Almost every time I press it, I get a check-in. The only times I haven't is where I've done some stuff like stuck it in my pocket when I know darn well that there's a good possibility that it's not going to see the satellite and I, I forget the length of time that it tries to send the signal. But because I didn't have any feedback, I didn't know. Generally, what I found was if I put the unit on my bike um, or it was in a top pocket, anytime that it had a view of the sky, it always seemed to or almost always seemed to get the signal out. But I'm really excited about the idea of the new Gen 3 that they have out now with this little feedback loop. So you press the button to say you're checking in and then it gives you a little blink back to tell you that the satellite received it. So with my original one here that I'm holding in my hand, the Gen 1 or the first generation spot, uh, it has four buttons on it. One's the on-off button, so we'll ignore that one, but it has three other buttons on it. One is OK, one is Help, and one is 911. And what you do with this unit when you set it up is you go online and you put in all your personal information, your personal contacts that you want them to contact when you press a button. The OK button that you press is an automatic through button. You press it and it sends your pre-programmed message and basically what mine says is, hey, I'm okay, this is just letting you know where I am. The person that you've sent your messages to via email or text, they'll get the message and they'll also get a link in there that they can click on and it takes them to a map that shows them exactly where you are when you did your check-in. Very useful. The help button, uh, it says that you need help, but it's not a dire emergency. And again, you have a list of people that you want notified for that. And they can sort of understand that you need some sort of help and they're going to come out and try and find you. The 911 button is the emergency button. So you press that. And yes, the messages will also, your pre-programmed messages will go out to the people that you have on your list uh, to be notified if you happen to press this, but it's also going to activate search and rescue. And like I said, on this unit that I'm holding here, it doesn't give me any feedback to say that the satellite has received my message, but with the new one, it does. So we're going to talk with Jim Mandela from Spot Canada, and Jim has actually been around since Spot started. My name is Jim Mandela. I'm the vice president and general manager of Global Star Canada, and I'm located in, in beautiful downtown Toronto. Now, Jim, you just said, we just talked before we got going here, and you just mentioned that you're the one that that helped launch Spot in Canada. That's correct. About uh, eight years ago when I started at uh, Global Star, um, someone had an idea that there would be a, a need to uh, launch a retail version of one of the commercial products we had, and they came up with this name called Spot. It's a satellite messenger used for outdoor enthusiasts. So it's been uh, about eight years since we started the, the Spot brand. Oh, so did the Spot brand actually start in Canada and then go out from there? Actually, it, it launched the exact time in the U.S. and Canada. So we launched them uh, in retail both at the exact same time eight years ago. 
What sort of system does the, the spot operate on? Okay, sure. So basically, Global Star, which is uh, the parent company of Spot, uh, has 30 satellites that we've launched uh, over the last five years, which circle pretty much the entire Earth. And this Spot satellite messenger uses the satellite technology, and you can send messages from the device up to the satellites pretty much anywhere across the world. Okay, so uh, and how does the system work? Okay, so basically, you would uh, buy your Spot satellite messenger at uh, either a dealer or a retail location pretty much anywhere all across Canada you get the device home and you sign up on uh, your own personal spot web page on that web page you are allowed to put in your information such as your personal information maybe the trips you're going on and each button on the spot device corresponds with stuff that you will put on your web page. So you can actually put personalized messages that get sent when you touch one of those buttons. Okay, now, now we've been talking about um, these communication devices. This device in particular is a one-way device. We're, we're not receiving anything Correct. back from the satellite. Correct. So the device works one way. You basically push a, uh, a button on the device and a pre-programmed message gets sent up through the satellite network and it gets sent to a recipient that you choose ahead of time. So you can set up 10 either email addresses or cell phone numbers so the message can go as a text message and that device will go that way. Correct. But it's one way only. Yeah, no, this is the, the device that I've been using for a number of years now. I have uh, the, the old generation, or the, I guess the first generation spot that sure, came spot out. One, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you, yeah, you just press the button, and it sits there, and it blinks for a while. So mm-hmm. it, it, it takes um, how long to connect with the satellite? Well, anywhere from a couple of seconds to a couple of minutes. Basically, the device, once you've pushed the button, it will send the, the message actually a few different times so that it ensures it gets up to, to our satellite network. And you're right. The newer devices actually show the message being sent. So there's some confirmation you have actually sent the message. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, you do have some some feedback that the message has been sent. So 99.9% of all messages that get touched on the spot device make it up through the satellite network. So you're virtually assured that if you're going to touch that um, message, it's going to get out through the network. Okay, I didn't realize that. So there is feedback there. When, when you press mm-hmm. it, you don't just... See, with my unit, as you know, the older one, you just press it and you don't really know. Mind you, no. it's, it's pretty good. I mean, almost all of... And I've only ever used it for check-ins and almost all of my messages go through. Rarely does... It, uh, does it actually miss one? Just the odd time, it, it can be a little bit delayed, which you expect. Right. Um, what, what sort of coverage does the spot have? Is it pole to pole? Actually, um, we, we cover the vast majority of the Earth. It doesn't go quite all the way up. I'd say you're going to get reliable messages all the way up to about 70 uh, degrees north, which is well up into the Arctic, and same thing, 70 degrees south. Pretty much everywhere you're going to get coverage for your, your satellite messenger. So everywhere we're going to go with motorcycles. I, I, yes, absolutely. I don't think you're going to be traveling that far north, but no, maybe there might be some people. Maybe there might be the know. extreme person, you know, doing a, 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 a world record or something like that. that would, you, ne- uh, would, you never know, right? You, I, I, what I'm seeing is our motorcycle group is by far our most active group. So we, on our webpage, we have a thing called Spot Adventures. And Spot Adventures um, allows people to post adventures and track adventures. And um, there's over 70,000 active adventures right now on our website. And over 10% of those adventures are motorcyclists. So it's by far our biggest group. 
So when we're we're carrying this, someone had just mentioned actually it was it was uh, the guy from GPS Central that I'd spoke with. He had mentioned about I asked what where would we carry this thing because as you had mentioned when we talked before that you saw it on my motorcycle. He's recommending that you carry it, and he really <laughs> gave me an enlightenment there. He said have it powered on. Yeah, for sure. So basically, our new Spot Gen 3 device is really quite small. It's really quite easy to either mount on a backpack, you could actually mount it right on your shoulder, or you can put it on an actual motorcycle mount and having it face uh, up. When you actually power up the device, you have a couple of different options. You can just leave it in that mode and push an OK check-in button once you get to your location. When you do that, that actual message will go up through the satellite network and will get sent to a recipient group that you choose. And it will simply say, you know, I've arrived at my next location and everything is fine. And with that, a Google Maps link gets sent to those people as well. So they can actually click on the link and actually see where you're located. The other really great option with the Spot Gen 3 product is you can put it in tracking mode. The amazing thing about the new version of the device is when it's in tracking mode, it will send uh, a tracking message back to your personal web page or to people that you choose every two and a half, five, ten, or twenty minutes. You can actually select how often you want that track message to go back. And um, we've created this share page. So what, what you can do ahead of an adventure, ahead of a trip, is send people a link which, is, which might say, this is Jim's adventure, this is my share page. And anytime your, your bike is moving, it will send a track message back to that page so they can actually follow your entire trip. But the nice thing is you get to choose who gets to follow you. Now, how long will the batteries last in that unit? That's that's a really great question. So um, what we found is in tracking mode, you're going to get, you know, a few thousand messages. So depending on how many messages you're sending a day, how often you're moving, you can calculate on that how long that will work. Let's say a couple of weeks. The great thing about the Spot Gen 3 is with a little USB adapter, you can actually line power it into your, into your bike and then it bypasses the uh, the battery compartment. So it will last indefinitely. Nice. Now that's tracking. That's the most power consumptive mode. If you're just using for it for sure. check-ins, like I know on my older one, uh, really, I, I think I've had battery, the, the set that I have in there now, um, maybe going on two years. Exactly. You're, you're talking, it will last thousands of check-ins. So however long it takes you to get to a thousand or a couple of thousand check-ins, that's how long the batteries are going to last. They're going to last a long time. And we use lithium batteries, which are, you know, more powerful and do last longer. What about abuse? Uh, what you know? I'm always curious with this sort of thing because this comes up a lot mm-hmm. in the adventure community where people talk about rescues that um, that shouldn't ha- have happened. Uh, a lot right. of equipment and people being called out for uh, wrong reasons. I guess. How do you handle that with a system? Well, the, our spot products have really become a staple for the outdoor community. We have had over 4,000 life-saving uh, events now since Spot launched. We've got uh, close to 300,000 Spot users around the world, and over 75,000 of those are based in Canada. Um, we've done over a thousand life-saving rescues uh, in Canada alone, and basically, we see very little abuse um, with our Spot devices. There's a an SOS or a 911 button on the on the product when you push that it goes up to our satellite network and then to a 24 7 call center facility and the great thing is when someone pushes that that 911 button or that sos button there's a a series of of phone numbers that you preload into your account and what happens is the call center will call those people so for example you might put your wife or a co-worker on there and you'll let them know you're on an adventure so when the call center calls them they really get a good indication 
is this person really in that location? Have they told friends and family they're going on a trip? So really we have a backup. We have some, some way to corroborate the information that's going on. And with that, we find that virtually there's no abuse or, or misuse of that, uh, of that 911 function. And when somebody presses the 911 function, function, let's mm-hmm. say they had a, a problem, um, they press the button and then somebody comes along from them, can they cancel it? Absolutely. The easiest thing uh, to do is cancel it. So when you push the 911 button, it will send that message every five minutes up to the call center until you get rescued. If you want to cancel it, you just hold that button down for three full seconds. It will blink a few times, letting you know that the 911 protocol has been canceled. And it will just go back into either your regular mode, standby mode, or, or, or your tracking mode. Very easy to cancel. And that's all you have to do. Once it's canceled, that's you're it. done. You don't have to call or talk to anybody when you come back. No, nothing will happen. Actually, when it sends that cancellation message back up to uh, uh, the call center facility, it resets everything, and they know right away that you've uh, the user has canceled the message from the device. Well, that's really good. That's interesting, and I guess that's part of the Gen 3 thing that I don't know is that, that feedback from the satellite, because that's paramount, isn't it? It's just knowing that your message has been received. And, and mainly, like as I mentioned that with mine, what I'm just using it for is just to check in. It's just to let right. people know where I am. And it's pretty easy because they can go back and look at those emails. They can even go back through and see where I've been, and they can see where I'm headed, and they can roughly figure out where I'm going to end up. Exactly. I think the greatest thing about the Spot Gen 3 is it's very simple, it's very easy to use, and it's super reliable. It's basically a safety and tracking device all together. If you really want to do tracking and want people to track you and you want people to know where you are, you've got that option. If you want to keep it as a check-in device and maybe as something that you can use in case of emergency, it's a real terrific peace of mind device. And one of the most amazing things is it really is super affordable and the annual subscription to run the device is also very affordable and we've got nothing but um, you know great feedback from all our customers about how much they love to use the device and really you know how it has really helped and has saved people it really is something that's very special you just have a a recent rescue on your website um, Mm -hmm. about a motorcyclist can you tell us about that we've we've really have a continuous flow of people sending back uh, feedback about saves and how they get rescued. The latest one was um, at someone riding uh, in Newfoundland. They got lost. Um, so basically we got to a 911 event um, call about uh, a father and a son hiking out in Newfoundland and it's something that they, they do on an annual basis and they love getting out into the outdoors. The father, who's uh, slightly older, started to have some health issues, and the son had his spot unit, and instead of waiting, decided to push the SOS button on it, and luckily he did that because the father was in kind of real serious shape, and a rescue helicopter uh, was initiated. They came out, and they saved the father, and he was really super grateful. He sent us a really kind note saying that, Um, He really believes everybody should have a spot device and it really did save his life. And we hear this over and over again. And it's young people, it's older people, it's people doing stuff where you would really assume that maybe they would have cell phone coverage and they don't realize till they get there that there is no cell phone coverage. And they really love the fact that spot provides them this safety blanket. And and, uh, we're hearing really great things from all across the country. 
Well, people often go out with a cell phone with a misconception that that's going to be their lifeline. And in a way, it can be. You can call out. But I'll give you an example that I remember hearing uh, about a couple of people out on ATV and uh, or a couple of ATVs and um, they got lost. It got dark and they got stuck. Well, they had their cell phone. They've got limited power and they're calling out and they're saying they don't know where they are. So that all of a sudden becomes a real problem. And that's the whole point of this system is you're sending out a signal to satellites after the unit's already got a fix from other satellites from using GPS. Correct. And it can tell exactly where you are. That's the key difference right there. That's really the key benefit. And we even have some governmental agency. The government of Nova Scotia actually funnels all the 911 events right into their own main service center and they handle the rescue from there. We actually give them the live data. And the way they explained it, I think, was the best. We're no longer doing search and rescue. We're just doing rescue. So it really saves them a lot of manpower, saves them a lot of time and money because when they're going to look for somebody, they know where their GPS location is. It's already been sent to them. When the 911 button has been pushed, it will send that message every five minutes. So even if, for example, you got stuck on your motorbike somewhere in an area that's really remote and you decided to walk out, well, you would be walking every five minutes. It would be sending a new updated coordinates so they would actually be able to track you no matter where you were. And this is a huge benefit to search and rescue. It really gives them that advantage. That's a very good point that I never thought of before is that that can be a huge cost saving because if there's a, a, a loved one at home who phones up search and rescue and says, hey, you know, my brother, husband, whatever, uh, or sister is out somewhere and they haven't come back, well, they've got to all of a sudden get planes out and start combing the area, which can take Correct. incredible amounts of fuel and, and manpower. So I, I didn't think about that before. So huge savings for them. And Jim, the other, the other issue is People often think they're in one location and moving in one direction, and often they're actually in a slightly different location and actually maybe possibly moving in a completely different direction. So even if they're giving general directions over a phone where they think they are, often they're moving in different directions. So when they start trying to walk themselves out, they actually get themselves more lost. And the thing we're finding out about Spot is that it really gives them that security, that if they push that 911 button, they know someone will be on the way to that exact location. We've had saves as far north as the top of the province in British Columbia. We had um, actually uh, an off-duty RCMP officer take people out hunting. He actually sliced his leg open. Um, it was kind of a serious event. He, he pushed the 911 button. And how he actually got rescued was really quite unique. And how the system really works to uh, their advantage is it doesn't rely on a simply calling one location. So you're not really calling only an RCMP officer or a search and rescue team. They couldn't get a helicopter into that location. It was so remote. They called the local RCMP branch who found out that there was an organization, actually a company, was flying executives to look at a mining location. They spoke to that helicopter pilot, and that helicopter pilot actually flew in and grabbed the the off-duty RCMP officer who was in rough shape, brought him back down to a location where, uh, you know, another evacuation helicopter could bring him down closer to the Vancouver area. So this sort of communication really helps um, our clients in these in these types of events. It really is a unique way to save people. And it's all about speed, isn't it? Because you could send a message, send somebody out, and then you've got the problem of them making their way out. This is happening so, so much faster than anything we've ever had before the system was invented. Yeah, absolutely. There was really no option for people who were in that type of difficulty before there was this type of device. And I think Spot really, um, we see from the amount of users that we have, the type of users that we have, um, it really is an amazing life-saving product. What about sat phones? Do you offer sat phones? 
We do. We've got uh, a great uh, lineup of satellite telephones, and uh, the the Global Star organization was really founded on really satellite phone technology. We've got thousands and thousands of users all across our great country and they get used in many different environments we've got outdoor enthusiasts we've got motorcyclists we've got lots and lots of snowmobile users and it's really the same premise anytime you're outside of normal cell phone coverage and you want to be in communication you're really your only choice is to use satellite phone technology and uh and it's really simple to use it really is a basically a phone and that's how people use it so you're just flipping up the antenna and dialing out? Flipping up the antenna, you have um, just a regular 10-digit phone number that you use. People can call in or you can call out and you can just simply use it like you're using your regular home phone or your cellular phone. It works the exact same way. Now, clearly that's the more expensive option to go as far as motorcyclists. But if you did want that two-way communication and want to be able to, to speak to people, that would be the way. It's got its own batteries, I assume, and you can recharge it, it on your vehicle. It does. It, it works exactly how you, your um, your cell phone works. The battery life is fantastic. The voice quality is actually better than a cell phone technology. Um, the latency, which is the time that takes to get up to the satellite and back, is virtually the exact same you would find in your cell phone the call quality is is really remarkable, and uh, we have a lot of really satisfied users. The cost on the actual unit is actually less expensive than you might think. The cost for our, our handset right now is $499, and then you sign up for a plan, a monthly plan. We've got prepaid plans, so the entry-level um, monthly plan is $40 per month, and you get a healthy amount of minutes of usage for that. Uh, it really is uh, a very widely accepted product in the marketplace right now. I think Spot is in a lot of places. All the outdoor stores that I go into seem to handle Spot. Where would you tell people to find them? I think the easiest way to find where Spot is, is available for you in any town across, really anywhere across North America, is to go to our website, findmespot.com. We've got an amazing dealer locator there. You just put in either your city or your postal code, and you'll find dealers in your local area that do carry Spot both spot and phone. Jim, thank you very much for coming on and speaking to us today. My pleasure. Thank you. And that was Jim Mandela, the vice president and general manager of Global Star Canada. And of course, that's spot. To find out more about spot, just visit the website findmespot.com. So while we're researching for this episode, we got thinking about the different uses for these devices and how people will use them and, and how you may use them. And one of the questions that came up was, well, what happens if you're in one of these countries that doesn't have search and rescue? What happens if you're in an area that, you know, is, is completely remote and doesn't have that social infrastructure there? Well, we dug a little bit further and we found that both Spot and InReach use the same monitoring system for monitoring their calls. It's a company called Geos, and Geos specializes in doing just that, monitoring emergency communications like that. So when you press the button, it actually goes to Geos. And they facilitate the call after that. They take it to the search and rescue. So we contacted Gios and asked them, what happens if we're in a country where there is no search and rescue? How do you handle that? Do you just ignore the call? Is the 911 button lit up and you just say, well, I can't help them there and switch it off? Well, thankfully, we know now that's not what happens. And this is a response we got from Gios. 
In an email from Kevin Stamps, the operations director at GEOS, since the inception of GEOS, and that's International Emergency Response Coordination Center, the IERCC, in 2007, they have responded and assisted to calls for assistance in 148 countries. And what they do is they go through and they use the longitude and latitude reported from the device, and then they get in contact with the emergency services, uh, the national search and rescue uh, agencies, the uh, state and province emergency services, the local emergency services, and even volunteer organizations organizations. Now, in the event that you're in an area where there is no national search and rescue organization, that doesn't mean that they just ignore the call. What they do in those instances is they contact the state and province uh, emergency services, the local emergency services, and even volunteer organizations in the area to provide emergency services. And in addition to contacting those emergency services, they'll even uh, contact the, the embassy or the consulate of the registered owner. So it's based on your citizenship you provide in the device profile when you sign up online. They'll even use uh, private resources in some cases to help rescue you. So this is a a full-on, full-coverage system. I think you can be pretty confident that it's probably, well, it is. It's going to be the best you can get. You're not going to find something else that's going to be a better response system because they monitor these devices 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I got to tell you, you know, if you're heading out at all, to me, it would seem sort of foolish not to take a device like this, not to, to grab one of the two at least to have it just, even if it's just for that 911 or the SOS, to be able to press it. And as Jeff said from V-Ride TV, you know, you come on, you come along a site where there's been an accident, that can be the salvation. I mean, imagine you're in a place where there's no cell coverage. You've got to send somebody off to try and get cell coverage and then make a phone call. Whereas you can press that and instantly you have alerted the authorities and you've got search and rescue, um, on the way. And I imagine what they can do is they can look at your location and say, well, they're on a highway. They're pretty easy to get. That's part of what they do and send off the appropriate services. So not only will the device offer you that emergency support, but it'll also offer your loved ones, the people at home that are sitting there sort of wondering what's uh, happening with you, where you are, it'll offer them peace of mind. You can check in in a spot that's remote. You know, you go and camp somewhere and you decide to step, spend an extra three days. You can click on it and say, hey, I'm fine. This is where I'm located. End of story. They don't have to worry about you anymore. And it also, I imagine, reduces the amount of calls, like we'd said earlier, where someone's phoning up search and rescue and saying, hey, you know, my husband, spouse, wife, son, son, brother, sister, cousin isn't here and they're supposed to be. And it turns out that you just decided to stay an extra few days or maybe you've had a slight mechanical problem or whatever. It solves all of that in the click of a button. So before you head out on your next adventure, you may want to consider taking a little device that will have you looking to the sky for help from above if you need it.
Well, we're very close to wrapping things up for the day. But before we do, I just wanted to talk about the show itself. It's grown incredibly since we started it, and it continues to grow. And as it grows, we want to do better coverage and more coverage of different things. And even like the episode you just listened to, it took a lot to put it together. There's a lot of time in there. There's a lot of contacting people, setting up uh, interviews. And then there's a lot of editing. And, of course, the, the planning that went into it to begin with. So there's a lot of work to producing these shows. And there's more people listening every week. Every week we get more and more listeners to the show. It's built on a model of having advertising and donations to make it work. And it's a full-time gig, i got to tell you. It takes a lot to put it together. It's not something we're putting together, you know, just on the weekend or something like that. We spend uh, our full time doing this, Elizabeth and I, so the two of us working full-time at it. And we really appreciate you listening to the show. We really do. And we're building the show for you. So if you're able, you like the show, you want to keep it free, drop by the website, click on the donate button, and send us whatever you can. And if you do $10 or more, you're going to get a gift from us back to show our appreciation for you. And you can bet that if I see your bike with an Adventure Rider radio sticker on it, I'm going to know and tell everybody else that you support the show, and I'm certainly going to drop by and thank you personally. This episode is brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles, outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. Sign up for their e-rider newsletter too at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. And Best Rest Products, home of Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. You know, whether you're on the road or off the road, for that matter, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system, and it can inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, and get this, it has a lifetime warranty, which is brand new. Best Rest also makes tire changing and tire repair kits that are small enough to fit in your saddlebag, and the crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves. They know what you need when you're exploring the world. Visit them at cyclepump.com. That's cyclepump.com. Well, that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Now, remember, anytime you're dropping by the websites of our advertisers, make sure you let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. It's really important to us, and we really appreciate it. As always, we'd love to get your feedback. Drop by our website, www.adventureriderradio.com, and click on the comment button. Let us know what you think of the shows. Let us know any suggestions you have for upcoming shows. We get a lot of them. It's great. It's really, really neat to get the feedback and connect with you, the listener. I'd like to find out what's going on and what you think of things. Hey, do me a favor. Drop by our Facebook page right now. Just go to Facebook and search for Adventure Rider Radio. You'll find it. It's easy to find. Click on the like button. If you haven't hit that like button already, like our page. And we'll also post our things about the shows that we have up here. And every now and then we put a a question up or some interesting things and post your comments on there. We love to connect through Facebook. It's a great way to do things. We're also on Google+. Probably not as much as we should be, but we definitely are on Google+. But, But we're on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at ADV Rider Radio. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to our advertisers, Max BMW, Best Rest Products, Giant Loop, and Aerostitch. All great companies to deal with. And of course, I want to thank our co-producer, Elizabeth Martin, who makes my job look sort of easy. You know, I just sit here and talk. Oh, and let me remind you that 
2016, this summer, August 26th, we're going to be at Nacusp at the Hub Meet, and we're going to be recording ARR Raw Live. This should be a lot of fun. Why don't you come out to Hub Meet anyway? It's a good time, and you can camp over there, the whole bit. There's all kinds of things going on for the entire weekend. We're going to be there on the Friday doing the recording, so drop by and say hi. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio, and now it's time to get out there and ride your bike. Ride safe. Okay, I'm Isa. I'm Nita. We're from We Love Moto Geo, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 